Midweek service, I have a great fun word for us tonight. You could bring down the volume just a little bit. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the saints that are hungry for God. Amen. Amen. Are we hungry for God or what? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Somebody say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> hungry for God. I'm hungry for a move of God in, in my life, in my family, in my, in my city, in my neighborhood. Thank you, Father. Let your word go forth with boldness and clarity, Lord. Help us tonight in Jesus' name to be all that you've called us to be in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Tonight's message is entitled, Can I Get a Witness? The Witness Detection Program. <laughs> witness. You see, if, you're, uh, if you watch TV at all or you're aware of certain program there is really such a thing as a witness protection program and where you do what happens is when you testify in a high profile case the authorities promise you protection and they'll relocate you give you a new name and they'll put you some other place and you drop an alias and then you're supposedly incognito and nobody knows anything about you and you start a whole new life in Tahiti. Sounds good. Let's go. Oh, oh I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you with me? Come on. Ice tea. Oh, how many can use a vacation? Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Stay here for a while, though. Don't, don't leave just yet. <clears throat> so um, that's the witness protection. And so you're going underground, so to speak, so that you could be protected, you and your loved ones. But you see, in the kingdom of God, it's not about a witness protection. It's about witness detection. We've got to find where the witnesses are. Because you see, we're not supposed to let our light be hidden and take an alias and kind of be obscure. But it's got to be a clear, bold statement that you are alive. And that you are excited about living. And the reason why is because Jesus is alive. He saved your soul. He forgave you your sins. And you've got the blessing of God just gushing through your life. And you can hardly stand it keeping it to yourself. I mean, if you're supposed to go underground, it's really hard to go underground when you're a witness for Christ. When He's flowing in your life that way. And you know, we are kind of moving into a... Uh, uh, a summertime emphasis here, you know, uh, a little later in the fall on, on, on witnessing and that sort of thing. But we're going to have fun tonight about just how much of a witness you already are and how you can tweak your witness just a little bit. Let me just quote something that you've probably heard before. St. Francis of Assisi said, Preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. <laughs> how many of you ever heard that before? Now, let me tell you why that is such a key statement. Because like a bumper sticker that says, I love Jesus, friends, your actions are speaking louder than your bumper sticker. Hello, somebody. Please help me out now. You see, if, you, if your bumper sticker says, Jesus loves you, but you're giving somebody a hard time on the freeway. <laughs> see, that's the look right there. Just stand up. Give them the look. Just kind of like... Eyebrows raised, eyes squint like, hmm, what kind of a witness is that? How you doing, Charles? Good. Right on. Good to see you, brother. Good. Good to see you too. Yeah. So what kind of a witness is that? You're on the, your, your I love, little I love you Jesus t-shirt and you're acting like the devil. <laughs> Somebody say your actions speak louder than your words. Absolutely the truth. And so as we seek to tweak our, uh, can I get a witness program here in the witness detection program? Let's start our little journey tonight by 
focusing on two dimensions of witnessing. One is the spoken word. The other one is the actions that people see. I think that's fairly clear. And I want, to, I want to, you to note something. In the Bible, it talks about people that are offended at the word. You know, Jesus uh, speaking about the various types of seed that are sown by the farmer, you know, uh, and, and the seed that's sown, of course, is the word, and the soil, of course, is the heart of man. And some people receive it gladly, but uh, it says in Mark chapter uh, 4 and verse 16, and our friends in high places will feature that scripture for you up there. Verse 16, these are they... Likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, so endure for a time. And afterward, somebody say affliction and persecution. When affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, say for the word's sake, immediately they are offended, offended. Now, let me let me just say something. We are a faith church. We believe in the Holy Spirit and we believe in the infallible Word of God and we believe in speaking the Word of God. Is that right? And, and we believe in the blessing of God as well. Uh, nevertheless, how many of you know that there are persecutions that come against your soul and your person just in life because life happens? <laughs> and so there are things that come against you. But let me just tell you something. When you get born again and you receive the word for real and receive it into your heart, hanging on to the word is worth the price of admission because the word of God will always yield rich dividends in your life. It will always yield fruit. You letting go of the word is not to do. Now, see, this is a newbie. God bless their soul. They got offended by something. Who knows? The color of the carpet or, you know, somebody, uh, the pastor cut them off on the freeway. That's it. I don't, I don't like the church anymore. The, I'm offended. At, well, I, sorry, that's a little, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. You can get offended at the word when the word tells you to do something. Well, give me an idea about what do you mean what the word says? Well, when the word says things like forgive another person or when the word says when somebody, when someone uh, does wrong to you, you do good to them. See, these things can be very, very, go very crosswise with our soul, right? Uh, it all, how about tithing, like giving, be a giver, be generous, because our Heavenly Father is a generous God. And here's what's interesting. Some people get offended about giving, and yet the Proverbs is very clear on this. There are those that give, and yet they continue to increase. How could that be? Hey, I don't understand it, but it's, actually, I do understand it. It's the law of sowing and reaping. There is a law, whether you like it or not. There is a law that's established. You can't see it, but you can see it in operation. You gossip about somebody over here, then someone's going to gossip about you. Hello. You're kind to a person over here. When you need it, someone's going to be kind to you. When you give and you put another person first before yourself... That's sowing something. And then when you turn out, see, when you really need it, it's going to come back to you. 
And then there's the whole idea of, you know, of sowing finances and things like into the kingdom of God, like the tithe. A lot of people are offended about this, but, you know, don't allow yourself to be offended about it. That's not what we're talking about tonight. We're not talking about giving, being a giver. But I will tell you this. The most generous people are the ones that are increased. The most stingy of the people, they're the ones that find themselves in lack. We'll just leave that there, whether you believe that or not. But there are people that are offended by the word. But secondly, there are people that get offended, not by the message, but by the messenger. (laughs) Offended at the messenger. See, you could say the right thing, but if you're carrying yourself incorrectly with the wrong heart and the wrong spirit, somebody will get offended at you and close their heart off. What you have to say may be the right thing. Moms and dads, what you have to impart to your kids or to your, or, or to your, your nephews and nieces may be something that's valid. It may be a valid point, truly stated. But if your heart is not coming from a motivation of love, listen to me, it will not be received. It closes the heart of the hearer because you're in the wrong spirit. Well, what do you mean? Is it that the information or the wisdom that you were disseminating was not good? No, that's not it. Is that they became offended or they can become offended at you at the way that you treat them. That happens in the world all the time. I mean, let's just move along to another example. (laughs) See, people were... People were... um, were offended at Jesus in Mark chapter 6, verse 2 through 4. Basically, he was, in the, he was in the synagogue and he's sharing some really amazing things. And they're like, whoa. And it says a little in verse 2, on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who listened to him were utterly astonished, saying, where did this man acquire all this? What is the wisdom, the broad and full intelligence which has been given to him? What mighty works and exhibitions of power are wrought by his hands? And in case you were one this is the Amplified Bible. Guitar players like the Amplified Bible. I wonder why. It is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James. Some of you will get that in a moment. The brother of James and Joseph, and the Judas and Simon, and so forth, and are not his sisters here among us. And they did what? They took offense at him. You see that? So when people, take the, when people become offended at the messenger... You devalue the message, and then their hearts are closed. So here we are, we're looking for a witness. Can I, somebody say, can I get a witness? And see, because your driving speaks louder than your bumper sticker, <laughs> we need to backtrack, and we're here in traffic school today. <laughs> we're in traffic school, my friends. All right, so here we go. Let's talk about who you are in Christ. Well, first of all, Matthew 5.13 in the message says you're the salt of the earth. There is no other salt beside you. In case you were wondering, like, gee, I'm not like Tony and the team that goes out and wins thousands of people on the street. But let me just be clear about something. No matter where you are, if you have received Christ in your life, The same way that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and can approach the presence of God without any sense of guilt or inferiority is the same way that you are the salt of the earth. And in case all the other salts are imposters, the ones that try to bring answers to people that are without Christ, that's a fake, it's a phony, you are the real thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're the real thing. 
Now let me read you what it says in the Message Bible in Matthew 5.13. It says, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Come on. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. What are you here for, friends? You're not here to, you know, punch a time clock or to go to Tahiti. Although, hey, man, if somebody wants to take me to Tahiti, take me with you. <laughs> You're here to be salt. And let me tell you, without, without Christ, life can be really miserably bland. I mean, if you want real love, real love, if you want real life, you've got to have Jesus. There is no other alternative. Believe that. Receive that. Look what it says in the Amplified. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, notice what it says, its strength and its quality. We're talking about, can I get a witness tonight? And we're in the witness detection program. (laughs) If you have lost your spiciness in Christ, then you have lost your witness. And so, how, how can its saltiness be restored? Is it not good for anything any longer to be thrown out and trodden underfoot? That's not me and that's not you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm salty. I'm salty. Let's look at what else the Bible says about you. It says that you're light. It says you're light. Well, I don't really know, Pastor Tom. I'm not, I don't know very much about... Hey, wait, 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 wait. The day you became born again, the Bible says that you became the light. Now, Jesus, of course, is the light of the world, but we came a light, okay, for those of you that are getting technical. Notice what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 in the Amplified Bible. It says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You are the light of the world. People should look at you and see something drastically different than the misery than they see in the world. You are, Matthew five fourteen and 15 in the King James says this, You are the light of the world. The city set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, or on a, but on a candlestick. It gives light to all the house. You are anointed to give light. And in a, a few minutes, you're going to see how you're giving light, even without saying a word. I like this in the message, Matthew 5, 14 and 15. Did you like that? Wasn't that really cool in, in the message Bible, the message version? That was awesome. That was so awesome. Anyway, let me read this to you, Matthew 5, 14 and 15. It's up on the screen for you, I'm sure. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. We heard some of this, right? God is not a secret to be kept. We better just wait on that one. That's heavy. I could use a friend right now. Are you hearing this? Or did I, did I just say that? Did you, was that up there? It says God is not a secret to be kept. What's this incognito thing about it anyway? Come on, Christians. Let your light shine. Now watch this. We're going public with this. <laughs> 
as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers and you don't think I'm going to hide you under a book bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, come on and shine. Keep, keep open house. I like that one. Keep an open house. Watch this. Be generous with your lives. Boy, we got a great word on, for Sunday. I'm telling you right now. It's so awesome. But right here, be generous with your life. Or how about this? The life that you have. The life that Christ has given you. Be generous with it. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with who? With God. Thank you. I think somebody's with us tonight. Thank you, class. Appreciate it. I think our witness detection program is working. This, open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So friends, how exactly do you let your light shine? Or how, how does this witness thing work? Basically, you know, by you just being who you are in Christ Jesus is an amazing testimony Amazing. Now we're saying operate in the, in the light that you have. Did you get that? The person that just got born again today, they need to operate at the level of light where they are today. If you've been walking with the Lord for 10 years and you've been let, put, stoking His Word in your life and you've been growing and developing, you're responsible to walk in the light that you have at that level of development. Is that fair enough? But here's what I found is so amazing. In my opinion, or maybe an observation that I have made, is people that have light, whether it's one hour or one day, when they share the light that they have, it's always believable. It's always convincing. And it's always power-packed. It always brings life. You don't need to sit down with somebody and do a five-hour Bible studies in the, in the Hebrew language or in the Greek. Like the woman at the well, come see a man that just really helped me, showed me everything I ever did. And, and I, this, is, this must be the guy. This, this is the dude. That was her. T- and the whole village came. Hello. We're talking about a major light to that community just because what she had was real and she shared turn to somebody and say we're not God's not asking you to be fake or share something you don't have he's asking you to share something you do have and you do have something you may be sitting there say I'm not Mario Murillo I'm not Billy Graham but you've got something to share you've got a story to tell You've got, somebody say, I've got something. You've got some light. And when you share the light that you have, it always, God gets a hold of it. And he makes it real. Whether it's to a child, or to a neighbor, or to a mom, or a dad. I'm excited about this. Because we always think that to share our faith with people, it's got to be this massive thing. But the fact about it is, let's just keep it real simple. I love what Stephanie did. She went like, uh-uh, not like that. Let's keep it simple, friends. Share the light that you have. Is that all right? Let's give him a praise break. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what we do have. 
See, the enemy is always trying to fool you into thinking that you don't really have it. But you've got it. I said you've got it. You've got the life of God on the inside. You have a measure of truth. You may not have everything, but you don't need everything to let the love of God flow. Hallelujah. I think point is well taken. Praise God. How many of you got that so far? Is the Holy Ghost talking to you? So really, walking in the light, according to 1 John 2, 8, for the sake of time, I'll just kind of paraphrase this. Walking in the light, we're talking about how we're light. That was the second. The first one was salt. The second one was light. By the way, going back to salt, salt contrasts. The flavor of salt confronts. It, it, I'm not saying that we're being confronted with people, but we're different. I, we're not mean, we're just different. We've got life, you've got death. Hi, I got life. Want some of this? You want some of this? We don't want them to be in bondage. It's just torment over torment. When you, you know, if you can't arrive at, I mean, your identity in Christ and your identity as a human being. Hello, friends. Anyway, I think I'll leave that alone. But contrasting, not agreeing with everything, but contrasting. Salt. Let's talk about light. Walking in light is when you walk without hatred in your heart toward anyone. No hatred. There's so much hate in the world. And you know, recently the developments that have occurred, it's so horrible how, how, how things that have occurred recently, we've been praying for it as a church. These are divisive, demonic strategies of the enemy to get a, a wondrously made human being against another wondrously made human being. Hello! And get people in strife with one another. It's not God. It never has been God and it never will be God. And yet we walk in the love of God. That's really, when you walk in the love of God, that's a real light when people see that. When you're in the, when you're in the lunchroom, of course, not my lunchroom, hallelujah. We're, we work with saints around here. But when people gossip about you and stab you in the back, and you instead, and you know about it, and all you do is just love them and compliment them, wow, wow, that's the kind of love that is light. And people, you may not see the dividend of that the very next day, but you just keep walking in light, keep walking in love, and that is a, somebody say witness. witness. And uh, give me scripture and verse, Pastor Tom. He says, yes, by their love, you shall know, they'll know your disciples. By what? By how many verses you can quote? Help me. By how many bumper stickers you were, that you have on your car? I love Jesus bumper. Help me. No, not by how many t-shirts, how many I love Jesus t-shirts you wear, but by the love of God. And by the way, the love of God has power in it. It just has a way of permeating hard hearts. It has a way of breaking through strife and lonely hearts and defensive people. And you just get right in there. You roll up your sleeves with the love of God. It gets that hurt person and it just heals them. It's just defenseless. You know, most people, they're so, they're so uh, guarded right now because things are so evil. But when you come in with the love of God, it's, it's like defenseless. Like somebody, you heard it on the video the other day, that like somebody was actually trying to help me and not, they didn't want something from me. Everybody's out to get their own. But when you go with a generous heart of real love, people can feel that. I said people can sense that. Hallelujah. And it's disarming because, you know, you only find that love in one place, the family of God. 
You don't find it in other places. You don't find it in, the, in education. You don't find it in the business realm. In fact, that's kind of cutthroat. <laughs> I'm, tell, I'm just telling you, dude, the corporate world can be very cutthroat. But you find love in the family of God. Hallelujah. So let's move right along. Are you getting anything so far? Let me just read something to you um, that... Uh, time for that story? Well, not so, not so much. Let me just read something uh, to you about the third thing that you are as a witness, whether you realized it or not. And that is that you are the fragrance of Christ. And I get this from the scripture. Somebody said amen. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Now, let me, let, me, let me just read what it says in the Amplified. As trophies of Christ's victory, the people around you, they need to see somebody that won. I mean, hey, life is tough, friends. I mean, there's broken hearts, broken people, broken marriages. There's bro- broken, busted, and hurting people everywhere. And it's a success story. What do you think the infomercials are all about? Rich dad, poor dad, blah, blah, blah. What is that? That's somebody that made it. Quotation marks for those of you that are just lit- listening in audio. They made it. And they're trying to share a success story. Well, I'm all for success stories, but I'm even more for success stories in Christ Jesus. Because, listen, I'm going to clarify something. I, I'm all for self-help books. Believe me, I do a lot of reading. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed many of the authors that I've read after are Christian authors. How many of you said, ever read See You at the Top? You know, and, and little bo- books like that. These were all very inspiring books in that. And, and Dale Carnegie, uh, win fr- How to Win Friends and Influence People. These are all wonderful things. And there are actually very men- many Christian principles in those books. But let me, just, let me just share something. If all that you are partaking of is success, or if all you're showing is success without Christ, that's another gospel. Because you could show anybody how to flip a house. You could show anybody how to, how to invest in, in Wall Street. But you need Jesus Christ to create a new creature and really give you life. You want love in your life. You want healing in your life. It doesn't come any other way. It comes through the healer. You want peace in your life. How do you get this? Please give me some peace. How do you get peace? You get it from the Prince of Peace. That's how you get it. And so many people, life is so heavy and so hard. But you know why it's so heavy and so hard? Because they're carrying bags of sin on their life and the curse is all over them. There's only one way to get rid of sin. There's only one. There's no other way. It's only one way. And whether people agree with it or not, we live in, a, in, a, in an era of relativism where just it doesn't really matter. You make up your own rules. Do whatever you want. There's no such thing as good and evil. But let me tell you something. What God ordained and set in place is what the truth is. And when people are carrying these, these things around, the wages. Somebody say wages. The salary that you get. I didn't say salary. I said salary that you get for sin. The wages of sin is what? Death. And you may still be breathing, but something in your life, something in their life is dying today. If it's not their marriage, 
If it's not their health, if it's not their mind, people are losing their mind. People are losing their minds. And all of that is, is the result of the curse that comes through sin. Now, you may have all the panels in the world on TV. You may have all the counselors and all the, the uh, assessments that you want. But until you apply the blood, until you put the blood of Jesus Christ in your life and receive, you've got, friends, a disease. It's called the law of sin and death. And it's working in the lives of people that haven't received that blood sacrifice. And you see psychologists today, they say, oh, there's no such thing as sin. And it's just a figment of your imagination. Friends, just look around. There's a whole lot of death going on. Boy, I wasn't intending to say all that. But when you walk around free because you've been forgiven, not because, friends, it's not because we're better than anybody else. It's because we've been cleansed by the precious, spotless blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Where were we on all this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're back into, leads us into triumph. So, getting back to Scripture. Notice this. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. That's right. People need to see somebody winning. It's a testimony to my neighborhood. It's a testimony to my kids. It's a testimony to my church that I'm still together with my wife. Hello. 36 years and forever. That's a testimony. It's a testimony that God can join people together and they can grow in Christ together. Amen. Now, I realize certain situations arise and you can look for help. But if somebody doesn't want help, you've got to make some decisions. I'll leave it at that. And when you make the right decision, you go on with God. If anybody loves Mother, father, I don't care who above Jesus, they're not going to walk in the life of God. I'll just leave it at that. Anyway, moving right along. It said, that was pretty deep. It got real quiet. Did you feel that? Boom. <laughs> All right, back on the notes. Christ's victory. They need to see a victory. And through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. For we, verse 15, are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales unto God, discernible alike. You can discern it. You can see it when you go even shopping, when you go wherever it is that you are, that smile on your face. People can feel that. They can sense that. I wish that I could have done the, the research on this and present you the data about just there, there most definitely is an aura around us. I'll call it the anointing, but and, and people that are not walking in God, they have this anti-anointing going on in their life. They're miserable. But you know, there's an aura about people, and and the best way to explain it is they walk into a room and you could feel it. You could feel that something, somebody came in the room, and and it lifts it li- lifts your heart. I mean, the next if you don't believe that, how about? You be in a room all by yourself and you're reading or something by yourself and then someone walk in the room and then try to ignore that they're there. It's hard to do because there's a presence. Somebody say presence. When you walk into a situation, into a room, you bring your presence in there and that affects people. 
It affects people positively or negatively. So here we are, the light, and we walk into light, world, real world situation, reality TV. We walk into it, and we've got the presence of God. What do you have when you have the presence of God? You've got peace. You've got confidence. You've got covenant. If something hits the fan, you go immediately to prayer and you take authority. You're not afraid of anything. Say, what? No fear. No fear. You may be four foot two inches and have no fear like some grandmas. Don't mess with granny. <laughs> I said, don't mess with granny. No fear. Nothing by any means causes you to fear because you know who you are. You've got a covenant with God. You walk into the room. It isn't just a body. Come on. Discern things spiritually, won't you? You're not just a body, you're a spirit. When you walk into a room, your spirit, you, you have a soul, you live in a body. When you walk in, you and your angel, and however more go with you. I know somebody has more angels than the other person, but we're all assigned angels, praise God. You walk into a room, your presence goes into the room. Oh, I can't wait till Sunday. I tell you, I, I'm uh, kind of excited about that, but let's move along. So you're a trophy of Christ's victory, and people need to see somebody win. And then they need somebody to show them how they won. And that it's within reach. Verse 14 leads us to triumph. The world is hungry for Christ's victory. What do you say we lead a life before them that exudes the sweet smell of Christ's victory? You're a trophy of Christ's victory. Trophies are to be displayed. Don't hide it. Don't hide your peace. Don't hide your joy. Just be available. Let people see it in your life. Your victory affects other people, specifically the effectiveness of your witness and your testimony. In fact, your victory helps give validation to your testimony. Now listen to this. Listen to this carefully. I don't know how much longer we'll go, but listen to this. In court, let's say we were in a case, many times the prosecuting attorney will try to discredit a witness or I should say discredit a witness testimony by finding inconsistencies in any way, in any shade or any manner to try to get you to say something two different ways that conflict a little bit. Anything that would discredit or devalue your testimony. So you're the person that saw the crime. You saw it clearly as day. That's the person that's the time, that's what happened. And you're on the stand, and they're coming up to you, and they're saying, say, uh, and they, whatever they try to bring up to try to twist and turn to discredit your testimony. Friends, the enemy is trying to do the same thing. Because we are, like it or not, we are public people. And our testimony is public. I like what it says, let's go public with this thing. And the enemy is trying to discredit you. So the next time that you think you can throw a little hissy fit in front of other people and yell at your wife, God forbid. <laughs> think twice. Because that neighbor that you've been living your life before, you know, in a moment, in a hasty moment, you could let slip something out of your mouth. That the enemy then could use to discredit your witness. Ooh. Now listen, I know that God forgives. 
I mean, how many of you are going to, everybody's looking at me in that tone of voice like, I've never let slip, I've never let fly a bad word in my whole life. Ever since I've been a Christian, I've been a saint. Is that right, Charles? <laughs> that is, that's not right. <laughs> See, God forgives and you know that your heart is right before God and that's wonderful. But you know what? There's something that I'd like, a, a term that I'd like to bring up to you. It says, for the sake of Christ, for the sake of the gospel, protect your witness. Amen. Just for the sake of the gospel. You could be working on a, with a co-worker oh, for, for years, just being kind, and, you, and, and you've been praying for them, and, and, and you've even had a couple of opportunities to maybe say a few encouraging words, and you may have invited them to church, you know, and, and, and they're, they're just right at that point. And then one day, boy, something happened, and you just let her rip. <laughs> the enemy could try to use that, just like the prosecuting attorney to discredit you, and here we go back to your action speaks louder than your bumper sticker. <laughs> so guard your heart. Keep your, somebody say, keep your mouth. Watch your mouth. You've got some sweet fragrance of Christ to, to, um, to put out. Amen? Amen? Let me just see if I could uh, see where we're headed with this. Oh, there was such good, good, good uh, examples here. I think I think that as we, as we uh, walk in what we know when the pressure is on, it's so, it's so critical that we behave the way we've been trained. Now, one of my boys was in the military, and I, I've seen some of the type of training that they do. It's brutal. <laughs> the training is really, really brutal. And, hey, any service person, God bless you. Any service men or women here in, in the house? All right, all right. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Brother Tony... Salute you, my friend. Especially in, if you're a ranger or you're a Navy SEAL or any of these upper, next, the next level type guys. Wow, the kind of stuff that they put them through. Now, why is that? They're trying to duplicate the type of scenario, how it would be if you had to survive in the cold, ill-clad, with no food. Boy, you'd have to eat things you never dreamed you'd eat. You're going to have to drink things to stay alive that you never dreamed you'd, you know. You, and, and how about this? To withstand torture. They do, they, they, they do, they torture these guys, you know, as part of their training. And it's brutal. I mean, when these boys come out, I think, I think they keep them underwater till they're just about drowned. You know, I mean, if, if you're a SEAL, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, they do this to these guys. And then why are they doing that? They're trying to be hardened them as good soldiers so that if that ever happened, they'll always know what to do. And you see, here we are in traffic school. <laughs> so you know what to do when somebody cuts you off. Oh, hallelujah. I love you too. To know what to do when somebody doesn't let you in. They're not yielding. Click, 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 click. Come on, come on. You get the arm out. Beep, beep. Hey, over here. I really need to get over. And then you end up going on the bridge and going to San Francisco because... (laughs) Hallelujah, brother. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Hey, we need to learn how to be just patient. Hey, friends, here's a thought. I I learned a couple of sayings that, that really helped me. First of all, it's not the end of the world. It really isn't. 
so you're going to be late. So they didn't let you in, so you're, you're going to San Francisco when you need to be in San Jose. Like, so what? <laughs> you know, people are late all the time. You're not trying to be late, just if those people will let you in. <laughs> training, you're in training, praise God, here at traffic school. <laughs> Amen. Amen. When you wake up, I, I like some of the things that pastors said. We're just talking about the God kind of life. That is a witness. Like if you're the person that's always say, ooh, what's that pain? Ooh, I just felt that pain. Like Pastor Mark says, just start asking questions like that. That could be a dangerous question. Ooh, what, what was that pain? No, instead of saying, ooh, what was that pain? Why don't you do the God kind of life? See, people in the world, they don't know this. And I'm about to close. We're almost ready to close here. But people in the world don't have this kind of God life. But when they, when they feel something like, ooh, okay, I take authority over that in the name of Jesus. I speak over that. I plead the blood of Jesus. I demand that to go. I don't know what you are. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to know every name, every symptom, the development phase. In Jesus' name, I demand that that pain resolve. And when you operate like that, that's a light to people. You know, y'all heard the testimony when my boys were driving back from across country and they pulled into the driveway. It was about three in the morning. You know, they were, Gabe was relocating from, from the military and he and Sterling did the brother deal, drive across the country. <laughs> and uh, we were going to do our very first double service that morning. But see, this is the God kind of life. This is a witness to people. This helps you, this, this encourages people to say, wow. I didn't know that existed. Well, what do you think they're filling up the theaters for watching special effects? They really want something special in their life. They want to affect their miserable life. Well, this is how you affect a miserable life. Get Jesus and start walking in the kingdom truths. And share it with people. So, you know, I, I, I got up a little. They, they, I, I heard them pull into the driveway. It's about three in the morning. Like, ooh, the boys are home. We were kind of half asleep, half awake. The, the, that weekend, in fact, I think it was the very next day, I was supposed to go and do our very first double service when we went to double services. And I must have gotten up wrong. I don't know what happened, but my leg just hurt. I immediately thought, ooh, that can't be right. Ooh, ooh. And every step I took, it got worse and worse till I was crawling down the stairs, crawled to the front to give my boys a hug and welcome him home from the service. And you know what, Dad, you got to do that, right? You got to welcome your kids. But then I said like, whoa, I, I, I guess I could have jumped on it a, a little sooner. <laughs> no pun intended. But I got, I, I eventually, I knew what to do. You know, it flashed before me, boy, we're going to double services and you can't even stand up tomorrow. I said, Lord, what am I going to do? So we immediately, I immediately began to speak to it because that's what we've been trained. The God kind of life. The world needs this. They need to understand that what you say is important, that when you get born again and, and you can operate in the God kind of faith like Jesus said to. So I said, oh, no, you don't. I said, you're going to walk. Today, you are going to walk. And I could hardly, you know, I couldn't, I, I was hopping and crawling. But I just kept saying, and so I said, okay, I'm going to take a, I just felt, I don't know what the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, but I wasn't going to be here. I said, that's it. Something just took over on the inside. See, Christians should know how to operate in this sort of thing. The world doesn't know how to operate in this. People that are lost, they need this. They need to be forgiven of their sins. They need to learn how to live by 
So I got in the shower and says, okay, I'm going to take a shower right here. And I began to speak then. And I said, okay, I'm, I am going to walk today. Oh, my thought was every time I had a pain thought, I spoke to it and said, you're walking today. And I put my foot down and, ooh, it hurt. It hurt really bad. But see, I had faith operating and I knew this was God. <laughs> and I said, you're walking today. And I put it down some more. It says, I said, you're walking today in the name of Jesus. I did it again. And I did it again. I must have been in the shower about a half hour. You know what? By the end of the shower, I was putting my full weight on it. By the time I got to church, I was running up and down the stairs, getting charged and different things. And then I realized it just hit me like, wow, that was pretty amazing. That was, I didn't wait three or four days. It didn't wait. And I kept saying, you know, faith is always now. And I know this, this will just encourage you. Faith is always now. And so I said, no. Well, I thought, well, wow, let's put ice on it. Maybe in a few, I said, no, not a few hours, not a few days, not a few weeks. Now, now. And I demanded that that foot do this in the name of Jesus. Of course, not, you know, this isn't mind over matter. (laughs) Please help me. And you know what? God was so merciful. And, and we, we started the double services marvelously. God just gave us a marvelous opening. It was great. Hallelujah. And we, I've been on my feet ever since. Hallelujah. You see, the world is waiting for a witness. God has set you as a witness. Just being a person that lives the life of God and doesn't hide it. And is not obnoxious about it, but just is there in a loving way. Speaks volumes. The fish will jump in the boat. Sunday morning, we'll talk about one-liners. But until then, well, I have some really fun stories to tell. But anyway, right now, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this rich life that you've given us. I cannot, we cannot imagine what life would be like without you. We don't ever want to live without you. Not a day, not a minute, not a second without you. We thank you that the hand of the Lord is upon us for good. And we understand that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. And there's no shadow of turning with you. And we know, Father, that this rich life that we have It's not a life to be lived in a corner. It's a life to be lived large, largely in front of our friends and our family, our co-workers, our colleagues, our schoolmates. And in the name of Jesus, we ask, Father God, for an anointing to be able to perceive and to work and walk, rather, walk out our witness on the earth because that's according to scripture that we read tonight that's what we're here for we're here to be a witness for Jesus and I thank you Lord that we can bring light and life to so many people that are desperate hallelujah we love you Father let's love him for just a little bit before we close hallelujah thank you Lord I thank you Father I thank you that the knowledge of God came into my heart I thank you so much for for the words that came and for the love and the life that was, that was given to us. I trust, Father, that we at Heart of the Bay Christian Center will be good stewards of the life of God and that we would be uh, uh, ones that freely and generously take time for other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you get anything out of that tonight? Hallelujah. God is good.
you know, in closing, I just want you to know something. You have a lot more than you think you do. Really, you have a lot more. God's done a whole lot more in you and can do a whole lot more through you than you think. You know, praise God. Just last exhortation, walk in the light that you have and share whatever light you have, share it. Amen.